0: moves from the tall spires of the Black Forest to the teeming skyscrapers of Hong Kong in his tranquil, deeply moving feature film debut. The film is called Wood and Water. It follows Anke as she goes into retirement, uh, living comfortably. She wants to go see her, her son, Max, who's now living in Hong Kong, who is unable to join her for her birthday back in Germany. And when she goes to Hong Kong, a lot is to be discovered. A lot is to be revealed, not only about her son Max, but also about herself, her life, her journey, and so much more. The film again is called Wood and Water, and we're joined today by the director Jonas Vog. Jonas, welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me.
0: First things first. It is a, a it's a beautiful story. It unfolds at a very contemplative pace. Gives the viewer a lot to think about in the in the process of as the story unfolds. Where, what inspired this film? What inspired the story?
1: So I was living in Hong Kong um, for three years. You know, you live in your expat bubble. And I kind of came to the point where I didn't see much of a future there for myself. So I was drawn back towards Europe. And I asked myself the question, where's home? And I wanted to put make the film out of that because I was in Hong Kong. And it's a very, it's a very, it's, a, it's an experience, a visual experience to be in that city. So I had vague ideas floating around. And then came to the point where I thought, okay, this is, if this is my debut film, I don't really want to put myself in the center of, of the story. So I was looking for other perspectives. And then I was looking at my 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 actual mother who plays uh, Anke in the film. I saw the story of the prodigal son can also be told from the ones left behind. And especially since my mother was about to enter retirement, you know, I saw there's an adventure there for her. What if she goes to Hong Kong and looks for me? What if... You know the, the the lost son is still lost. What if he hadn't made contact with home? And what about uh, an older woman wanting to check on her children again, like she did so so often when when they were little? And then yeah, I, th- I thought that's as a dra- as a dramatic narrative, just a mother looking for a son and older an older woman looking checking on her children. I I kept that from the start, and then everything else happened evolved around that. So yeah, that's kind of how the how the film was born. Yeah. And I asked my mother if she would be interested in trying out acting. And that was even before she retired. So uh, we made this film while she was still working. So for her, it was a way of projecting herself into the future and rehearsing what retirement might be like. So it was a, I'm happy that it's it was such a great adventure for her in the end, as I had planned it.
0: I'll ask you about kind of the challenges and the rewards of directing your mom in a film. But before we do that, I want to talk more about the story itself. It takes place during a period of time when, as we know, Hong Kong has been going through a tremendous amount of upheaval, the transition from a British colony into some kind of nebulous state of independence. And now as China begins to assert more authority over Hong Kong, we we see the political turmoil that's taking place. How did that work into your decision to make the film in Hong Kong? What, what did that mean for you in terms of how you were going to approach the project?
1: I had only one image in the start, which is the, I know if you've seen it in, in, in the States, probably many times on TV in, in early June, there's a, a vigil on Victoria Park with where people hold up candle lights and sing. Songs of uh, to commemorate the Tiananmen, Tiananmen massacre. That was the only image I had in the original script uh, when we set off, and that was early 2019. And then very quickly, everything, as you said, became nebulous and and changed dramatically and in front of our eyes. And we had to constantly adapt a little bit to what's going on, and also, you know, resist the temptation to to jump into making this into a political film and 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 exploiting it for for our film. Um, I mean, we still did in the end, uh, because there was just couldn't resist uh, capturing the what's going on on the streets and, and also kind of I know this this energy that was traveling through the streets in Hong Kong at that time That was something that rubbed off on all of us. So the whole crew we were a small crew of foreigners with local help um, and and my mother, and it just completely rubbed off on us. There was a lot of adrenaline everywhere. It influenced her acting, it influenced the story where it went. I hope the film gives something back in a way. And uh, because I took this these events for my film and I hope in, in a way it sheds a positive light on on, on what Hong Kong went through and, and the resistance and the strength of the people.
0: Well, there's an American reference in American film reference in all of this film called Medium Cool that was made by Haskell Wexer, the a cinematographer named Haskell Wexer was documenting the uh, demonstrations at the Democratic Convention in 1968 and wove into this a narrative film about about somebody, it's another whole story which we don't need to get into.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but there is something about the demonstrations in Hong Kong for a culture for a, for something that's been independent from from mainland, China for so long, this idea of searching for a future. What does the future look like? And that energy that you're talking about Mm. in Hong Kong was what was happening. It's in for Anke that's also looking for something, her future, she's looking to reconnect with her son. So whether or not it was intentional, it plays into, in my mind, it plays very well into into the film itself.
1: Yeah, these dreams, they coincided as the girl in the hostel in one scene says that it's funny how things coincide and they coincided, but I didn't want them to cross over or, or or lead one way or another. I wanted them to kind of walk side by side. Yeah,
0: this is something that I've observed over many years of interviewing filmmakers about their films and their projects, and and the making of their films, and how often the the making of the film mirrors what the story is about, or the story mirrors how the 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 saga of making the film. They sort of they do in so many instances that I have found over the years, they've become sort of intertwined. They become part of the back and forth between the making of and the story itself. And in this case, it certainly seems to be a good example of that in in, in terms of your film. Wood and, well, let me say the name of the film, Wood and Water. We're speaking today with the director and writer of the film, that would be Jonas Bach. Uh, let's talk about your mom and her performance here. What were you... What were your notes to her, if you will? What were you? What, were, what did you want out of her and her performance?
1: I wanted just herself and everything. Uh, also, how the story developed and how the film, the form that the film takes, is inspired by her and who she is and how she goes about life. So I wanted just that, and it, it kind of made it. Well, there's, it's really hard to to pick apart what's fiction and what's documentary, even for me now looking back at it. Just, obviously, it's fiction that she goes into, that she's retiring. It's fiction that she travels to Hong Kong because she's been in Hong Kong before. So whenever these scenes were about to be acted out, I tried to, <laughs> because I felt like I need to as a director give her instructions and and kind of talk about the character and why they're doing certain things, and she would not not have any of that. Um, she. She, she was really funny. She she thought she knew already. She knew more than me and she would just go out and do it. And sometimes when she was angry at me, that played beautifully in, beautifully into her acting, you know. I, I used her for her presence more than you could, for her acting skills or her acting methods because they were not non-existent. Although I think she has talent, but yeah, I, I used her for just the way she is.
0: Well, and and you know, you mentioned that she going into retirement on a personal level, on outside of the film. Did this experience broaden her horizons and in the ways that we see the character in the film begin to understand and and sort of move into the next chapter
1: of her life? I think that was maybe the most difficult part for her because for her retirement was a relief or was also at the time when we shot the film was going to be a relief from work life. Whereas I constructed it that it's a burden and it's an, an a void that she enters in in the film and as a character because maybe that's my notion as a young man of what retirement would feel like, and and she wiser than me would always say that's not I, I acted out for you in that way but that's I don't think that's how many people see it maybe uh, uh, we didn't do much research in that way but I think she she did only one interview when the, after the film premiered and I overheard her saying that. Nothing happened re- in regards to retirement, but she was able to really let go of the past and to 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 make a, a final a cut there with the, with the past and move on. She then used the retirement, which happened a year later, you know, to to really step into the retirement with that with that state of mind and not linger on, you know, her past life and when my when our dad was still, when my dad was still alive and those beautiful memories, because she was like that before. Maybe it came through the stress of her work that she was living in the past a lot um, but that kind of relieved herself of that i don't know if it's entirely through the film but she said it i heard her say it so
0: one of the wonderful elements of the film is the introduction of people from hong kong the with the the security guard mm. at the uh, at the hotel or the uh, complex where max has an apartment and other people that we meet along the way the, the fortune teller and the other, and the man who was the friend of the fortune teller. Those are wonderful elements. And I don't know if I'm overstating this or I don't want to stretch this uh, too much, um, this analysis of the film. But so many of my favorite films, Stranger Than Paradise, and you know, a lot of Jim Jarmish's work and others, the neorealists of the Italian era, the Italian neorealists, have this mm-hmm. ability to be able to bring in people from non-actors into into a film and rather than pulling you out of the story because they're non-professional actors it pulls you further into the story and the understanding of what you're trying to accomplish and i thought Mm -hmm. these people that you brought in very much added to the flavor and to the journey that she was on just were these people that you just happened to meet or just they 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 happened into the film how
1: i don't know if i mentioned before but we we had a script that we especially for Hong Kong that we went out and did castings with so for example we cast an american actor who was going to play the fortune teller first we cast a german actress who was going to play the psychiatrist and I, I can't quite remember how this all how this all changed but it it's exactly as you mentioned earlier This story also developed through the making of the film and at one point i decided that i exactly want to have this blend of fiction and, and reality um because I take so much from the, the gifts of 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 real life and, and I and I thrive in that and my mother does as well. So my mother couldn't get along. I mean this is an old rule don't put actors and non-actors together and that really didn't work when we rehearsed it with the actors that we had. But there was a, a beautiful connection that she made with with the non-actors that I as as a that I took from from my surroundings there, living there I'm, from my life sort of doorman is the real doorman where I lived. Um, the girl in the hostel is a is a quite a close friend the fortune teller is an uh, the the social activist is an actor for example but also they got along yeah we tried both and i decided and it was quite obvious an easy decision that how well my mother got along with real people versus with actors so and, and that kind of made the decision the decision quite easy
0: i love that scene in the, in the uh, hostel where the, where she shares the room because you don't really see anybody. You, the people that are in that scene with her are essentially almost ghosts. Their voices they are sort of... Mm-hmm. And as you you said, mentioned earlier, that's the scene where we see the mention of this co- coinciding, the idea of coinciding in the story. And I just thought that was a wonderful way to frame it, way, a wonderful way to put that part of the film uh, and the story together into the film. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Congratulations on Wood and Water. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It is, it's out now and Mm -hmm. it's being released uh, through uh, Kim Stim uh, Film Distributor. And if you want to find out more about the film, you go to kimstim.com and Wood and Water is listed there as as, when you can find out more about it and how to watch it. And I I highly recommend it. It is, uh, it's, these are my kind of films I really enjoy the opportunity to spend time with people to get to know them and kind of be on a journey with them and this is exactly what this feels like in the film so my congratulations to you Jonas Bach for your work here and certainly look forward to more this is your feature debut
1: right yes as you said it's it's also the film the films that I love and I was very grateful that I got to make a film that I you know in a way that I love films you know so that I had this chance to make something that I really wanted to not, you know, put, be put into like boxes or.
0: Congratulations, Jonas Bach. And thank you so much for spending a little time with us here on Film School Radio.
1: Thanks a lot, Mike.
0: You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films.